minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brittle. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. What's going on, biohackers? Anthony here, and we have an awesome episode on the seven types of sacred rest with Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. But before that, we have a couple spots in our coaching program um, that are for people who are looking to unlock elite cognitive function and optimize their sleep. So if you feel like you want to get better sleep in less time, if you're waking up in the morning and it's taken a while to get you going, um, if you're having a crash in the afternoon, or if you just know that um, if you'd like to spend more time when you feel tapped in, tuned in, turned on with your brain firing on all cylinders, then um, this is a six-month program that could be for you. Uh, it's geared towards entrepreneurs and people that are in control of their income, where greater productivity means more money in your bank account or uh, you know, less time working and more time for play and to spend with the people that, that you care about. So um, if that's you and uh, this is something that you're, you're, you're looking to invest in, then you can go to biohackercoaching.com, fill out the short form, and uh, grab a time for us to talk and see if it's a fit. Basically, we start out, our process is test, don't guess. We fix the things that are draining your physical and mental battery, and then we optimize, looking to cross the T's, dot the I's, so that um, you have peace of mind knowing that everything inside your body is functioning at peak performance, but on top of that, you're also protected from any of the things that can cause early death or disease or Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia, cancer, heart disease, etc. That's what the program is all about. And uh, the key metrics that we are focusing on for this are dramatically improving and optimizing your sleep so that you feel better and more energized throughout the day, and then making some simple but powerful shifts in your routine and health uh, that will unlock elite cognitive performance so that you're sharper, happier, more connected, more fulfilled, and um, yeah, able to get done what needs to get done in an aligned and effective manner so that you have more time to play and do the things you love. So again, if that resonates with you, go to biohackercoaching.com, fill out the short form, and if you would like to have your stack moved to the front of the line, just text uh, skip the line to 847-989-3743 along with your name, and uh, we'll pull your application to the front, give it a look, and see if we can get you in sooner. So that's that. Hope you guys are doing amazing. Without further ado, please enjoy this episode on the seven types of sacred rest with Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. Dr. Sandra, welcome to the Biohacking Secret Show. Thanks for having me. The pleasure is all mine. So a couple of years ago, some of our, our listeners have heard this story before, but um, I was trying to do way too much. We were like working on existing aspects of the business. We were trying to launch a webinar and my body and every aspect of my being was telling me to slow down, but I, I, I 
didn't feel like I could. I, I felt like everything was kind of necessary. And uh, one morning after a workout, we had a webinar that evening and we'd spent a ton of money to get a bunch of people on it. And uh, I was hanging upside down. And when I came right side up, I blacked out and just collapsed on the side of my house in the bushes by myself. Oh, wow. And, um, this was 20, 2018, like November of 2018. And it was sort of, I took it as the universe's way of grabbing me by the lapels and shaking the heck out of me saying, Hey, you're either going to slow down or, uh, you know, we're going to force you to slow down. And this, this is as gentle as it's going to be. Um, you're an expert in the area of rest. And we were just talking offline how you had a little bit of a burnout experience yourself. Maybe you could share some of what got you here to this point. It's a very similar story, actually. Was very busy doing a lot of things. And they were all things that were, they, they were good things. I mean, it wasn't like I was doing a lot of filler stuff. I was an internal medicine physician and in active practice at the time. And, you know, it was one of those things where, I was trying to figure out how to integrate my work life and my family life and then the aspirations that I had. So every minute of every day had something. You know, there wasn't a lot of downtime and there definitely wasn't any margin anywhere in my life. And so what ended up happening for me is I I felt like I had gotten to a place of success and producing and had gotten really good at producing and being where I wanted to be professionally but I didn't feel the way I wanted to feel when I got there. Mm. You know, a lot of times I'll have people look back on that time in my life when I was so burned out and they'll say, oh, I would have never guessed that. You, you know, your life looks so great. But I always say it as good as it looked was as bad as it felt. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, book contracts and magazines and TVs and all the stuff that was coming around that time it did not, it came at a price that was costing way more than I was willing to give. And I got to a place where I thought, you know, this can't be what success should feel like because mm-hmm. this isn't successful. You know, yeah. I grind myself literally to a point where I was great at producing, but not great at enjoying what I had produced. Mm-hmm. And that's a desperate spot to be in because like I said, everybody's celebrating you and you can't even celebrate yourself. And so I knew at that point, something had to change. I saw a lot of that in my own patients. I saw a lot of that just within the medical profession because of just the training is trained to not stop. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to keep living like that. And so that took me on this journey of learning more about rest. Yeah. Good on you. I mean, I see a lot of similarities with like when people do a fitness competition or bodybuilding or whatever, it's like, you know, that's where they're getting their pictures taken or, you know, when they're on the magazine cover. And when you talk to a lot of those models and and competitors, they're, they're not telling you how good they felt when those pictures were being taken. Yet those are the very same things that are like sparking inspiration and aspirations in other people. And it's like, it's so, it, it almost becomes this loop where we're like chasing things that, that have those outward appearances of success, but inside the feelings are the complete opposite. You know, we're feeling drained. We're feeling emotionally empty. We're feeling like we're short and not present with the people we love and care about. Or maybe like we've got a lot of money in our bank account, but we've been like neglecting our, our soul and our spirituality. And, uh, I, I, I appreciate you recognizing that in yourself and making a change. What, um, I mean, what were some of the first things that you started doing that made a difference for you? 
I think one of the very first things was just identifying that was, you know, because at the time, excuse me, at the time, the number one thing that I, that I was noticing for myself is when I thought about rest, I automatically equated it to sleep. Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, I'm tired. I must just need to get more sleep. (laughs) I'm not Mm -hmm. getting, I knew I wasn't getting a lot of sleep, but I felt like, you know, I was getting enough. And so I thought, okay, if six is not enough and I'm still tired, maybe I need seven or eight. And I initially started there because that's really where the medical community kind of stopped at that whole concept of rest. Mm-hmm. Rest and sleep were the same thing, right? Yeah. And so after getting to a point where I felt like I was sleeping really well and was still tired, that's when it kind of dawned on me, these can't be the same things. We have a whole world of people who are doing everything they know to sleep better. You know, they are getting specialty mattresses and specialty pillows and doing all of these things to try to sleep better. And even when they sleep well, some of them are still waking up exhausted. And I was one of those people. So there had to be something else that was fatigued that wasn't identified yet. And I think that was, that really took me down the path of discovery of what is it that's, that I don't know. (laughs) What is it that's out there that's not sleep that I'm not getting? And when I started looking at, you know, types of rest, initially the first three that stood out were the ones that most of us are very familiar with, the physical, the mental, and the spiritual. Those had been pretty well documented. But when I started thinking about just my own personal life and how I felt, I knew that those three didn't sum up everything that I was experiencing. I have a tendency to be a very kind of high achiever. So my tolerance for some things are higher than other people. Mm -hmm. Not that that's good or bad. It just is what it is. Just Mm -hmm. as introverts and extroverts kind of process sensory input differently. So I I noticed that there were some things that didn't fall into those other three categories. And that's when I started really looking at what are the types of rest that we are not getting and that people are not experiencing simply because we haven't put a term on it. It mm-hmm. hasn't been labeled in a way that someone can say, that's what it is, That why I'm tired right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for us to just explore the seven types of rest, both for the people that are listening to this that are, you know, have already achieved a high level of, let's call it financial success or career success, but maybe like you and I have found like hit sort of the goals, but then didn't feel the way that they thought they would feel. And then mm-hmm. realize that they're okay. There has to be more to this equation, but also for the people that are like, that are in the process of chasing their dreams um, so that maybe they could build a more solid path and routine to support rest and regeneration in a restorative fashion. Um, if they're relying too much on sleep. So maybe we could talk about some of the different types of rest and you know, share your experiences and some of the stories that that both of us have uh, had along the way. Yeah. Well, I'll start by just naming the seven just so that they're, they're out there, so to speak. So the first three that I mentioned that most people are familiar with are the physical, mental, and spiritual. And then the other four that are lesser known, but oftentimes are the ones where people are experiencing the rest deficit in are the emotional, social, sensory, and creative forms of rest. And when I talk about those, they each mean something a little different. So, but they can interconnect. For for example, with emotional rest, 
it involves your ability to be authentic and open and vulnerable with other people so that you're not feeling as if you're having to hide your feelings or, you know, pretty up your emotions before you present them to someone that you feel like you can truly just be raw and real and authentic with certain people in your life. Well, because that involves people, it also in, has a part of the social part of it because social rest specifically deals with the energy we get when we are around life-giving people. Mm-hmm. Those are the people we spend our time with or people who are needing things from us, whether that's your family, your clients, your coworkers, you know, people who are requiring something of you and putting a demand on your social energy and your talents. You need some other people in your life who are kind of counterbalancing that, who are people who don't really need anything specifically from you, but that you just enjoy being around. It's those adult friends that a lot of us don't get a lot of time to spend with because those people who are negatively pulling from us tend to require a lot more of our energy and our our attention. Especially if you don't set boundaries or even, you know, (laughs) consciously recognize like what are the relationships friendship, personal, romantic, family that are energy giving and energy taking. Like sometimes the process of just lists, you know, I go both ways on lists, right? But (laughs) sometimes the process of making a list and just identifying positive, negative, like can, can bring awareness and then allow you to make decisions that keep your energy and moving in the right direction. Absolutely. And that's what most people don't do. Mm-hmm. We just kind of go about our day and we, these are the people that we are engaged with on our day-to-day basis. And we don't evaluate how our energy is being expelled in different situations or with different people. I would say if you walk into your office place or, or you go on to a phone call with someone and you felt great when you entered that phone call. And then at, after talking to that person, you're like, I'm exhausted then you've experienced what social uh, a lack of social rest looks like. That person drained your energy. You were probably mm-hmm. sitting still. <laughs> you know, it wasn't a physical drain. Depending on what you were talking about, it could have been emotion, have some emotions or some mental capacity got involved as well. But oftentimes it's the dynamics of the relationship and having to navigate that. Mm-hmm. And we don't really think about how our energy is expelled sometimes just in being professional. You know, I'm a speaker. And so a lot of times I'll go into companies and I'm speaking and the energy in the room dictates how I have to present. If I have a bunch of people who just finished eating and they're exhausted, then I've got to bring enough energy to help them get to the energy level necessary to have the conversation I want to have. If I, when I do that, I also realize that after that, you know, after shaking the hands and, and all of that, and I get back Listen to that to hotel room, I'm going to be like knocked out on the bed yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I poured out all of that energy in that situation. And you mm-hmm. just have to be aware of that. Yeah. I, I like that you made the distinction between, you know, there's this, there's a lot of dialogue lately about around empaths, you know, people who are like super sensitive and receptive to other people's energy. But I do think there's an element of that, at least for some in the way that they view it, where it like gives away our power. 
you know, mm-hmm. where if you frame that situation where you walk into a room and everybody's just eating and you're like, oh, I couldn't present because everybody was already tired. What the heck? You know what I mean? Who scheduled me right after lunch? But you're <laughs> like, all right, no, I just got to bring it. You know, this is this is something that we're a part of. And, um, you know, we can have a positive influence on it. And then it's also when we start prioritizing the way that we feel and, uh, you know, what we allow to have an impact on our energy, it, 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 it gives us more power to say, all right, that really affected me in a negative way. Should it have, you Mm -hmm. know, or, or is it, or do I, would it be beneficial for me to learn to practice detachment in some of these situations? You know, why was I, uh, triggered. So they say, you know, and, um, okay. So I like that. I like that. Um, Yeah. I look at it as a personal choice. There are situations where I feel like there are times or conversations where I feel like someone will pull me into their negative energy or to a, Mm -hmm. or to a, a feeling that I don't want to be in. And then there's also on the, the other side of that times where I choose to bring my own energy Mm-hmm. Almost as like, I look at it as a speaker, as a gift, I'm bringing my energy as a gift to those I'm serving. Mm-hmm. And honestly, for any speakers out there, it changes the whole atmosphere of a room <laughs> mm-hmm. when you approach it that way, because your mindset is one that you are not coming to take, take, take. You're coming to give freely and willingly to whoever's mm-hmm. out there listening. And they, re- they, they can feel that they can mm-hmm. tell the difference. And that's like, you know, we look at the language we're, we've talked about money a little bit and, and mostly I, I, for the reason of the pursuit of paper, I think can, uh, we, we sometimes sacrifice how we feel and how much time we carve out for ourselves. If, if we're just, you know, looking to add zeros to the bank account. Um, but you know, the language around it is current currency. And like what we're really after, I believe is not, uh, is not pieces of paper zeros in the bank account. It's that feeling of connection, that feeling of current between other living beings and creatures and, and, and nature. And that comes from like, all right, I've got this electricity and love and energy flowing through me. I want to share that. And when you share it in a way that other people are receptive to receiving, there's like, there's a a connection that takes place. And we feel that even though you may need to rest afterwards, it's Mm -hmm. like that, that I believe is a big part of what we are in the pursuit of. It's like connection to tribe, to other like-minded people and knowing that our energy uh, benefited them in some direct or indirect way. Absolutely. I love that. Yes, that's so true. And, you know, we were talking about some of these connections with these types of rest, you know, with social and emotional. And part of what you're describing now is is in part spiritual rest. Mm -hmm. I tend to get the most unusual conversations (laughs) around what spiritual rest mean, depending on someone's own religious or faith beliefs. But regardless of anyone's faith belief or religion, spiritual rest at its core is just that, feeling interconnected with everyone and everything else that's around you. It's Mm -hmm. that feeling of belonging, of Mm -hmm. contributing, of being accepted, of loved. And so I think for a lot of people, just what you stated is exactly where that we need to kind of interconnect those components with success. Because when you are giving back on that level, it is spiritual. You feel like this is be, this is more than just me and my own personal desire to, you know, have X number of zeros behind my bank account. It's, it's much deeper than that. 
Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I've been, I've been playing around with, um, I'm, I'm reading a book now on like on psychic development and doubling down on like meditation and stillness practices and doing some of these, some of these exercises that, um, they're in no way occultish, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. I believe in, I believe in God and uh, connection to a higher power and, and, and all of that. But I do think that we have a lot of uh, untapped potential and, um, in giving myself more time for spiritual rest and meditation and, um, and prayer, I've noticed an increase in these moments where like yesterday, for example, um, one of my friends, Josh Trent, I've been on his podcast, Wellness Force Radio, and he's been on ours. And uh, one of his emails popped into my inbox. We haven't talked in probably five or six months. One of his emails popped into my inbox. And I was like, oh, I wonder how Josh is doing. You know, And I opened up and I read a little bit of his email. And then that was it. I didn't think too much of it. I'm actually quite poor at like texting people and staying in touch. It's, it's, it's not one of my strong suits. Um, love spending time in person, but I'm not a big tech, you know, tech guy. Um, so I sometimes neglect that sort of thing. And, uh, about two hours later, I got a text from Josh just saying, Hey, you just popped in my head was thinking about you. How's it going? Da, 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 da. And these things have been happening more and more. And I'm, I'm only really like two weeks into doubling down on this stuff. So I feel like it's, it's almost counterintuitive, but when we carve out more time for spiritual rest, uh, whatever that looks like, you know, to, the, to, to you, um, it, it can open up other doorways on the social side and in, you know, whatever our, our, uh, our connection to source, if you will. Absolutely. And that's like, that is a huge part of it. That, that feeling of belonging and community and acceptance in, in some in some form or another, whether mm-hmm. that's acceptance with within um, your knowledge or the feeling of being known by a higher power, or with a group, a lot of people experience spiritual rest in community, and mm-hmm. so that's where we get churches from is yeah. community and the spiritual rest from being associated and belonging to something. And so it doesn't have to be a faith-based community. I see the very same things in many different other groups who get together and they have that same feeling of just being accepted and loved and, and fitting in somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, regardless of what, whatever anyone listening, however they feel about what's been, what's been going on. You know, one of the things that to me makes zero sense is like how certain churches will be told they need to close, but like strip clubs are allowed to stay open. And, um, I've been a big advocate that because of like, there's so much of our health comes so much of, 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 of our social rest, as you call it, it comes mm-hmm. from these, these areas of community where we can gather, where we can worship and, you know, just connect in person with one another. Not, you know, not necessarily through Zoom, nothing against Zoom, but like, I think Mm -hmm. we all agree there's something that happens in person. And I heard a hilarious story about um, this pastor who it was, it was one of those situations where the churches were being told to close and uh, strip clubs were allowed to stay open. So he, found out that the definition of stripping was to remove one article of clothing. And he said, (laughs) we're, we're staying open this Sunday. Everyone can still come. And he came out and he took off a bow tie and they did their service. And, (laughs) and um, yeah, I'm just, I'm a huge fan of people like that who look for ethical ways, you know, without putting anyone in danger, but to say this stuff is important. And Mm -hmm. um, if, if, if your rules are nonsense, then um, you know, who can play that game, you know? Um, 
Anyway, all right, so let's talk about some of the other types of, of rest. We've covered social, we've covered spiritual. Um, what would you consider emotional rest? Emotional rest is the rest we experience by being very authentic and just open and real. And so for many of us, particularly if you are in any type of business atmosphere or you're an entrepreneur, uh, if you're someone who's having to consistently really perform, you're always in performance mm -hmm. mode, people are yeah. looking up to you or you're always presenting, then, or even for some people, it's what I call just the pressure of professionalism. I'll mm -hmm. use myself as an example. As a physician, there's a level of professionalism that's expected when I walk into an ER or an ICU. You mm -hmm. know, when I go in the ICU, the nurses know me. They know me on the other side of medicine when we're just hanging out, you know, playing basketball or baseball <laughs> together and we're just you play basketball? around. Yeah, Heck short as yeah. I am, I, I can do pretty well. So, <laughs> nice. so, you know, they know me on that level. So they know that I'm likely to, you know, crack an inappropriate joke or say something off key. Yeah. But in that setting, when I'm in the ICU and with the same people, but I'm with patients, who some of whom, you know, are literally fighting for their life on the bed in front of us, mm -hmm. it's not an appropriate time for me to crack a joke. So yeah. even if there's something that came to mind, I, I'm not going to say that in those moments. I'll be right back with your meds. Don't you go dying on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're kind of holding in, you know, some of your personality just because it's not appropriate for the level of professionalism needed in those moments. Mm -hmm. And there's a stress to that. And some mm -hmm. people have that maybe not on the same level, but if you're a CEO of a company and you're a bit of a jokester, but everybody's looking up to you, uh, you know, as the, the head of the company, you may feel like I'm never able to just be myself mm -hmm. around other people. And so we all need someone in our life that we can just truly be ourselves, whether that's being yourself and just kind of being off key and saying whatever you want to say, or being yourself and saying, you know what, I'm not in a good headspace. I'm not feeling really confident right now, or I'm anxious, or I'm depressed, or I'm suicidal, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. We need to be able to have someone that we can say that to, because yep. not having that puts us at risk of feeling like no one really knows the real me. Mm -hmm. And that's a bad place to be because then it's like, if no one really knows me, then why do I even need to be here? Yeah. It's these, these cells that we create for ourselves, mostly out of fear, you know, that fear that like, what if no one loves me? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and, and, or, you know, not having enough love for ourselves, you know, enough love for ourselves to be authentic with who we really are and to be courageous to like, all right, I'm afraid that if I tell people that, you know, I've, I've thought about killing myself, that maybe they won't see me as the expert that has mm -hmm. it all figured out. And like, you know, what I've found is, you know, when I've told parts of my story, um, I, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease and had like my health just completely fall apart. Wheels came off the bus in like 2011, saw 12 doctors trying to figure it out, doing, doing a lot of the, the, the testing. And, you know, for a year I was like completely lost my sex drive. My, 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 my uh, penis completely stopped working. I was depressed. I was miserable to be around. It was like, I didn't, I didn't like myself. I didn't mm -hmm. want to be around myself, but I didn't have a choice, you know? And, uh, when I started sharing more parts of that story and that like, you know, I didn't, I didn't attempt to kill myself, but there were a lot of times where like, if I didn't have people that loved me, 
more than I loved myself at that time, I probably would have, you know, I probably mm-hmm. would have considered yeah, it. Totally get that. And in us expressing that stuff, other people, it, it gives other people freedom to say like, man, I've experienced that, or I'm going through that right now. Like, what'd you do? You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's much more, it's a much more effective way of helping people by in, in, empowering them uh, with, you know, it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling. We don't, you don't need to resist it. And like, you deserve love. And uh, if you're, if you're scared or fearful about sharing something, just do it and see what happens. I've shared some stuff where I'm like, Oh, that was maybe a little bit too much. We did this vulnerability exercise once at a, at a mastermind. And, uh, I was like, I went out and I just let it rip for like seven or eight minutes. And I started crying and it was like, it was a whole bunch of stuff. And then I went in, I played the video, didn't run it by anybody, just played it. And it was like, it, it really hit home with maybe 10% of the room. Mm-hmm. And then I think 80% of the room was like, in shock, didn't know what to do. And <laughs> what the, other, the other 10% was like, why did you do that? You know what I mean? It was like, I just like <laughs> doused the house in gasoline and lit it on fire, you know, but sometimes that's how you figure things out. And maybe, you know, maybe it really resonated with one or two of those people. Ultimately, no one really cares. I, I don't know. That's just a rant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Most people are not quite that courageous <laughs> so yeah. to do it to a room full of people. You know, yeah. honestly, for, for some people, this is one of the hardest things for them because like you said, they feel like, you know, no one, the people won't feel like I'm the expert or that I'm, I should be in that position or role that I'm in if they mm-hmm. know these things about me. So, you know, I always tell people, if you don't have, people in your life, you know, like friends or family that you feel like you can truly have emotional rest with, pay somebody to be your emotional rest. Mm -hmm. That's what therapists and counselors and coaches and all of that are for, Mm -hmm. because they can be that person for you where someone at least knows the the full you, everything Mm -hmm. there is to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's just that act of like letting the energy move if we just, if we bury all this stuff long enough, uh, long enough, it starts to eat us away on the, on the inside, you know, mm-hmm. and that could be walking down the street when, when no one's around and screaming and, 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 you know, getting it all off your chest or pay someone and go in there and talk and be like, Hey, I'm going to give you some money so that I could say some things to you that I won't tell anybody else. And you just, yeah. can't, you can't tell anyone. Cool. All right. <laughs> That's the great um, thing about it. You, you know what, as an internal medicine physician, internal medicine, it's, it's, it's just like it sounds. <laughs> it's the heart, the lungs, the kidneys, diabetes, high blood pressure, strokes. I mean, that's what I do. That's the, that's the number one things that I, or at least that's what I signed up to do. Mm-hmm. What I didn't realize is that internal medicine also meant you are people's unofficial counselor and psychiatrist and therapist. Mm-hmm. Because they know you can't just go, you know, you can't repeat what they say to anyone else. Yeah, yeah. And so I was hearing about everyone's everything, every struggle they ever had, all of their struggles from work. I I ended up, you know, most physician appointments are what, 15 minutes at the most you know, in today's society. And honestly, mm-hmm. that's long for some doctors <laughs> for you to be in a room with them. I was having like 30 minute appointment with people. Mm-hmm. Because they had, because they were ending up being like these full on therapy sessions because I was wanting to make sure that they were able to, to have those moments of emotional or whatever rest that they were needing as they were in their appointments. So yeah. it's important to find somebody. I don't care who it is, someone you can have those conversations with. 
This episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show is brought to you by Veritas Farms and their full line of CBD products, CBD standing for cannabidiol. Now, we are real excited about this partnership because Veritas means truth in Latin, and we are big believers in bringing you guys the truth, not just through this podcast, but by making sure that any products that we share or that we bring on as sponsors are products that we personally use, believe in, and endorse ourselves. And that is the case with Veritas Farms and their full line of CBD products. The reason that they're so great, they are full spectrum hemp products, meaning that they have all of the beneficial phytonutrients that you get in a quality CBD product. 99% of the CBD products on the market are CBD isolate, and they're just being resold, meaning they're coming from a few small manufacturers. They've only got one tiny part of all of the important phytonutrients that you need to get the benefits you want from a CBD product, and they're just a bunch of different companies reselling them. Veritas Farms is vertically integrated, meaning they own the farm. They ensure that there are no pesticides being added. It's organic, and then they control the entire process from harvesting to extraction until that product ends up at your door. That's what I love it. It's kind of like farm to table, but for CBD. And the benefits that I've noticed, my sleep is better. I feel like I get a deeper, more restful night's sleep. I'm less stressed. I never have periods of anxiety. I feel calm and focused throughout the day, and it even decreases in inflammation when I have flights or other things where inflammation is an inevitable part of life. You take a little extra CBD and it can be very helpful for stress, anxiety, sleep, and that inflammation. So if you guys want to check it out, we've arranged a 15% discount for you guys. To get that, you can go to theveritasfarms.com forward slash biohacks. I'll spell it out. T-H-E-V-E-R-I-T-A-S-F-A-R-M-S.com forward slash B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S to save 15%. Check out the Veritas Farms CBD. You guys are going to absolutely love it. I totally agree. And that's a great proxy for, um, you know, if you, if you're looking for a physician, there's, um, a, a good way to know is like, how long is the appointment? If it's, if it's seven to 15 minutes, like it's going to be hard to get to the, to, to the root causes of whatever's, whatever's ailing you. Um, and if, you know, if you feel rushed out of the room, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of great physicians out there that, have uh, an integrative approach, you know, like you do. And, um, but it's up to us to find the right fit, you know, not just like, Oh, I don't, I don't go to doctors. Right. That's silly. (laughs) And, and, um, but it's also silly to like, keep doing something that is not working for you and, you know, not make a change. Mm -hmm. Um, all right, cool. Creative. I have a feeling I'm lacking in this one a little bit. This is my favorite one. I think because it was it was nothing I had ever imagined was even a type of rest. You know, and I, I guess I should start by saying this. When I say rest, I'm not talking about the cessation of activity. You've probably picked up on that already. I'm actually talking about restorative activities. What are the restorative things you do to replace the energy that you pour out in these seven areas? And so with creative rest, it's that rest that we experience when we allow creative beauty to create something inside of us, to awaken something inside of us. Some people experience that with nature. Like if you've ever been to the beach or looking at the ocean or the mountains or just outside sometimes, and you just feel this improvement, this kind of restoration of your your mind, your body, and your spirit just by being in that natural setting. Mm-hmm. Some people get the same thing when they're listening to great music or when they are watching the theater or when they are at an art museum. Mm-hmm. Every one of us kind of 
kind of looks at beauty in a different way, but you have to kind of understand that you're pouring out of your creative energy if you are someone who has to think outside of the box, if you're having to come up with innovative ideas, if you're a teacher and you're having to figure out how to teach an auditory and a visual learner in the same classroom with limited resources, if you're an entrepreneur trying to figure out what work, what marketing should I do next, where do I put my dollars, if you are someone who writes or speaks or podcast or, or do video blogs or any of that stuff, you're using creative energy. And then the question is, how do you pour, how are you pouring back into that creative well? Because if you're not, then you may find yourself feeling tired all the time. And it's not because you need more sleep. And it's not because you need to see a therapist. It's because you need to figure out how to spend some time letting things be created back inside of you. Just mm-hmm. appreciating beauty in whatever form you, pre- you prefer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Um... I've been feeling called to work on the next book and project, but all of the ideas that I've been brainstorming, they're just, they're not it, you know, like Mm -hmm. I could, I could do it and I could write the book and it would be okay. But, um, I just ended up purchasing, uh, a little over 40 acres of, of land in the mountains in North Carolina. And, um, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to get a canvas wall tent and a tent stove. There's no structure on the land yet. And, you know, we've got a builder who I'm going to be working with. I'm like, I'm going to go set up the tent on the land in the middle of nowhere and just connect with nature, connect with myself, get still. I'm not going to like force myself to do a whole bunch of stuff, but I'm going to hike and um, I'm going to bring my laptop so that if I get a spark of inspiration, then I can go, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to do the brainstorming there. And uh, I could come back with nothing and it, you know, whatever, that's okay. But mm-hmm. I feel pretty good about it because every time I get into nature for more than like two, three, four days, um, I start finding ideas come to me in a fashion that they don't when I'm in my typical environment, when I'm focusing on, on like the more beta brainwave type uh, projects and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so I am excited about that. And like, and yeah, I get, I, I know for me, and I've had this for a while, I get charged up with that creative energy when I'm in nature. Um, so we'll see. It's a little bit of an experiment. It's like my throw moment. Um, <laughs> and who knows? We'll either have Walden or uh, we'll have a big goose egg. But the only way to know is to, to try. Um, yeah, I totally get that. I'm the same way. Most of my writing, you, for me, it's the water. And mm-hmm. so typically it'll be time, uh, my husband and I will, will spend some time at the beach and the place where we always stay, we have direct kind of access to the ocean. So I can go out there in the middle of the night, <laughs> whatever time or day, doesn't really matter. And just kind of be in that environment and just everything about it helps me to be able to refocus and mm-hmm. to be able to kind of clear my mind and get to a place where the creativity is on a completely different level. Because I think that's the, the thing. You mentioned having to be there for a few days. I'm the same way. The first couple of days is almost like a detox. Mm-hmm. I, need to, I need to get out whatever it is that's got me blocked up. And we mm-hmm. call it writer's block. I'm not sure if that's what I have, but whatever it is, I need to detox to unblock whatever it is. And then to open up myself to be able to get those new ideas and kind of those different ways of looking at and thinking about things. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And I think that like... When 
you know, we, we have so much stimuli coming at us and so many things that change our, our energy and frequency and vibration. And like when we put ourselves in nature and we, and, and it's, it's quiet and, you know, we've removed some of that and, you know, we get barefoot and walk in the surf or we allow like the sound of running water or birds chirping or something like our cells and our body and our subconscious starts to harmonize with that. And like that, that may sound a little woo for some, for, for some folks, but like when you've experienced it time and time again, and, and that visceral shift of like, Oh, my, my body just feels like I'm in a more natural harmonious state. Um, you know, you don't need to know how, how electricity works to benefit from a light switch, <laughs> right? Just like you right. want to, you, you find yourself wanting to go there more. Um, okay. Beautiful. You know, one uh, thing that's interesting about that, because when I have this conversation with people, sometimes it's like, well, I can't just go take off to the beach or the mountains whenever I want to get creative rest. You know, one of the the really cool things about the research, they did studies, particularly they were doing it on people who said that they felt this way around bodies of water and at the beach. Mm-hmm. And the studies were looking at how the brain responded, looking at MRI images of how the brain responded when they were at the beach looking at that kind of in real time versus when they were looking at it like on a lot on their computer, just an image of it, or just looking at colors that were that were teals and the blues that reflect the beach type scene. And the mm-hmm. brain responded in the same way. So I thought it was really interesting that, you know, if you're someone who notices that you enjoy being around the mountains, try putting just on your lock screen, on your phone or on your computer, those types of images that bring to mind your creative rest places to mm-hmm. see if you start noticing an improvement, particularly if your job is one that does require a lot of it, a lot of creative type energy. Yeah. I love that. We, I'm the type of person that I get like, hundreds and thousands of like business ideas, you know, I just like enjoy it. Like I'll get a book title and a theme for a book and I'll, you know, I'll make a note of it. It's just like the way I am. And most of them, most of them are, you know, nothing you want to pursue, but one of them that I, uh, did not pursue and and won't, but I thought was funny was based on that concept where I was like, okay, there's a lot of people living in cities where maybe outside their windows, like a brick wall or Mm -hmm. something that you don't really want to be looking at. I was like, what if like, based on the common window sizes, you had images of like Mykonos Greece, you know, like you're on a, you're on the Greek islands overlooking the Aegean or like you're in Bali in a hut you know, looking out over like the rainforest canopy or I don't know if there's rainforest in Bali, but you know what I mean? And, uh, and I was like, I wonder how, how much that would have a positive effect on people. But it also seemed like one of those things that like kind of in the category of lava lamps where maybe only like a couple of college (laughs) kids would buy it and the rest of people would be like, that's so cheesy. You know what I mean? Um, you reminded me of one, of one other thing too. Eh, I don't know. I lost it. Um, but great. Oh yeah. Just visualization, right. We can Mm -hmm. do it with our mind. Um, we see that in a lot of the, the, the studies on athletes, like the physically practicing free throws, um, versus take carving out the time to mentally rehearse and practice the free throws produced very similar results. And so if, if you're, if you're someone listening to this and like you practice meditation, that could also be a good time to like 
put some, imagine some scenes in your mind that are pleasurable and relaxing to you and see them as vividly as you can and turn up the colors and make the pictures brighter. And then, you know, if you want to have fun, like do it where you're looking at yourself in that scene and then do it where you're like in your body, looking through your eyes in that scene. And like, these are some ways that we can integrate hypnosis and visualization. Like our brain can't tell the difference, you know, but, <laughs> so true. Uh, but there's a huge difference between hearing the, 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 the advice or the practice and, and doing it. it takes discipline to do it. Um, what else, what other types of rest? Covered physical. Um, I think we covered physical. Um, well, if it's physical, we we discussed sleep. I'm not sure we, which is a passive mm. form of physical rest. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure we talked about the active form of physical rest, which is basically any type of movement that helps improve your circulation and your lymphatics. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to just be aware of the need for stretching. Um, that's where yoga kind of comes into play. Massage therapy, foam rollers, <laughs> they're mm-hmm. all doing the same thing. It's all active physical rest. You're trying to get the circulation and the lymphatics back to a healthy place. Also, I mean, if you're working from home, as many of us are, just your body ergonomics in your workspace. I mean, mm-hmm. are you, is your body positioned well? Are you, you know, five hours in noticing that your neck's hurting or your wrist's hurting or your back's hurting? Because if you are, then you're, you're really experiencing what physical unrest looks like. And then there might need to be some adjustments to help you position your body better so that at the end of your workday from home, you're not really causing more damage than doing any good. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And, and paying attention to what really feels good, where mm-hmm. like if foam rolling feels good to you afterwards, and you notice throughout the day that, that your body's in you know less pain or whatever, or if yoga feels good, or if lifting weights feels good, like honor that mm-hmm. because it's, it's far more powerful to listen to your body and take the, the feedback that we get than to just do things because someone we like or respect or think is smart told us we should, you know, like that's, that's a recipe where you feel like you have no time in the day because you are just doing things for other people or because you think it's right. But if you're doing things, if you start, if, if we turn up the value we place upon our feelings, right. And make that long journey from our head to our heart and, and, and practicing self-love, then we start to prioritize the things that do allow us to feel good, peaceful, happy, comfortable in our own skin. And then you want to do those things. It becomes like a a positive feedback loop um, because your quality of life is better and your day is better. And you just, yeah. Um, So all good things. Like I, I, I love yoga. Um, and I'm, I'm honestly kind of a lazy person. I think in some ways, uh, every time, you know, I'm like two minutes into yoga, I'm like, ah, is that enough? You know, but, um, I find that if I do a few minutes of yoga in the morning, if I get a sauna and meditate in the sauna, and then we've got Lake Michigan here, which is freezing cold right now. But if I go get in there, especially when the sun's out and kind of soak up some sun, like I come out of there feeling like a completely different person. And every step along the way, you know, there's a little bit of resistance that that you meet with those activities, but mm-hmm. it's undeniable that I am a better person and I'm more centered and peaceful and happy and energized when I do that stuff, you know, so then you do it, right? Yeah. I think that's the, that's probably the hardest part for a lot of people. You know, we we all know that moving the, your body is good for you. And I think sometimes we get so caught up on the 
for, the, for what I call that the average person. My husband's an ultra marathon or triathlete, so I'm not talking about those people <laughs> mm-hmm. at that level because he works mm-hmm. out every day. And for him, rest means I'm going to go take a walk. But he mm-hmm. never just kind of doesn't do anything. But for the person who isn't kind of doesn't consider themselves an athlete, I think it's important to realize that even if you're not running three miles, just going out of your house and walking for 15 minutes at a leisure pace is beneficial to your body. Mm-hmm. It's helpful just to be moving. You know, mm-hmm. the sedentary life that many of us live just because there's so much of our work now doesn't require us to move very much that it's important just to keep the body fluid, just Mm -hmm. to keep the circulation going, just to make sure you're not developing blood clots because you're staying in the same spot for too long. Mm -hmm. And, And it's the importance of that, not so much always considering did I click my 10,000 off my Fitbit or my Garmin or, you know, where, where am I at with those steps today, but just to be mindful to stay moving and keep the body in a fluid state. Totally. And, um, you know, one thing that I think is worth mentioning here on the physical side, I've experienced, we'll call it like sleep resistant fatigue, where no matter how much sleep you feel like you can wake up tired and, and we've, worked with a lot of clients now and things like the aura ring, which, which tracks like your deep sleep and your REM sleep and your restlessness. I think that, um, it's, it's worth stating that like, if you're, if you're waking up exhausted in the morning, sometimes that's your body's way of trying to communicate with you, letting Mm -hmm. you know that there's something about what you're doing that's preventing your body from getting the deep restorative sleep that you need. You know, we've had clients with, with Lyme and co-infections get on, uh, certain antimicrobials, certain antifungals and medications and go from less than 30 minutes of deep, deep sleep to two hours in like a couple of weeks when they were doing everything to try to hack their sleep, you know, wearing blue light blocking glasses and like no electronics or light after sunset and like all of this. And it was like, well, there was an infection that for whatever reason was, was keeping their body from, from getting that restorative sleep. Sometimes it is that we just have too much electronics in our life. And certain, certain people are more sensitive to blue light and non-native electromagnetic fields, you know, but I just wanted to mention that, like, if your body's giving you some feedback again, honor it, you know? Um, and, and it's also okay to sleep just because like one, one of our business partners, uh, Russell Brunson, he's a buddy and he's like an energy bus and he can sleep like four or five hours and he's still really sharp and crushes all day. And when I'm with him, I find myself trying to keep up or like, man, if he can do it, I can do it, you know, and, and I should be able to do it. Why can't I do it? I'm mentally strong. And sometimes we're just built different. And, mm-hmm. uh, and the reality is I feel better if I get like eight and a half hours of sleep. And, uh, if I, if I let myself sleep nine or 10, I usually feel worse than, than eight and a half, but that's just me. And what I've noticed with myself, you know, whatever it is for you, honor that because you're unique and you're beautiful and it's okay. You know, LeBron James sleeps 12 hours, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, he, he's a, he's a pretty healthy athletic guy. Um, yeah, that's a good point. You know, I always tell people don't rest shame. 
Don't yeah, rest, rest shame, shame others rest shame. and don't rest shame yourself. <laughs> we get enough shame and fear <laughs> through the media. Don't do it to yourself. So many places. <laughs> so, I mean, I, and the, you're exactly right. We're each different in the amount of rest and whatever the type, whatever the form that we need. And so we just have to be careful not to rest shame people. <laughs> I get these yeah. emails sometimes from you, from well-meaning wives most of the time. <laughs> That'll tell me my husband needs to rest more. He's out there chopping wood and he says he's getting rest and he comes in all sweaty and, and, and physically exhausted. There's no way he's getting rest. And then I talked to this gentleman and he's like, she doesn't get it. I'm getting my mental rest. I, that wood chopping. And, and it makes sense that wood chopping is a repetitive activity that does not take a lot of mental capacity. It's the same thing over and over again. And in those moments, his brain goes to like ground zero. Mm-hmm. That's and become... the work that he does is very high mental energy. And the yep. number one rest he needs is mental rest. He doesn't need physical rest. His job requires him to basically be in front of a screen all day right now. So you have to stop rest shaming people. You don't know what makes them feel better. Let them decide for themselves and just honor the fact that they are getting the rest they need. Totally agree. That's hilarious that you mentioned that because I've gotten really into chopping wood lately. And, you know, I feel our our entire business is online. We podcast, Mm -hmm. we coach, Zoom and this and that. And I've just been feeling this, this pull to get out there and chop some wood and split some wood. And like, I was, I was thinking about like, why am I enjoying this so much? Cause we're not short on wood by any means. I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this until we have nowhere to put the wood. Right. And, um, the Dr. Andrew Huberman, the Stanford professor of neurobiology, he, he came to one of our events in like 2017 and he did an exercise where he was showing like, um, different ways that our, um, our, our focal points dictate our brain, uh, wavelength, right? So Mm -hmm. like a more relaxed, call it, uh, uh, prey type of visual field where like you're taking in everything from your periphery, your eyes are relaxed, um, tends to synchronize with like a more alpha brainwave state. And then you were to converse that with, um, or contrast that with like a more focused, uh, predatory, uh, visual field, right. That kind of takes you up into high beta and our brain, thrives on both, you know, mm-hmm. going, going wide and relaxed and then focusing in. And I was n- just thinking about that as I was chopping wood and like, I'm outside, I've got the lake in front of me, the trees are blowing in the wind. I'm picking up logs. I'm putting them on the, on, on you know, on the log that holds them up a little bit higher. I'm grabbing the, the ax. And then, so I'm going from this, like relaxed, taking it all in, enjoying nature, fresh air to hyper-focused. I need to hit that thing right there in order to split it the way that I want to. And then you do, and you get a little charge, a little dopamine release of like success. I did something, you know, the stuff that we can also get from social media in a transient Mm -hmm. way. Right. But I'm like, I'm like doing something in the physical world. That's allowing me to go from that relaxed field of vision, alpha brainwave to that focused field of vision, beta brainwave. I don't know. That was, that was how I justified it, but I thought it was an interesting integration and I'm, I'm loving chopping wood. Yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting because as I stated, when you think about rest, 
chopping wood is not what would come to mind. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because you're thinking, how can the world could that be rest? I mean, that's why I think just being able to kind of be very intentional and focus in on what type of rest is it that I'm really needing? What mm-hmm. is the type? What, what type of tired am I? Because mm-hmm. all of it's not created equal. And if you try to get rest by doing an activity that doesn't really fix the area where you have the rest deficit, mm-hmm. you feel like rest doesn't work. And I think that's where so many people are. You know, they've they've tried to sleep. They've done the blue the blue light glasses. They've, they've done flotation tanks to try to, to mm-hmm. get their sensory deprivation under, con, uh, sensory overload under control. And mm-hmm. when these things don't work, it's like, well, you know, none of this works for me. Usually it's because you haven't really identified the area that your rest deficits in. Mm-hmm. And once you can identify that, that's really where the whole rest quiz came from. I had so many people saying, I'm tired. You tell me there's seven things I've got to get. You know, there's seven things I've got to do. No chances are there's only one or two that's really making you feel tired. So if you can mm-hmm. identify that one or two types of rest that you need and then focus on it, that's mm-hmm. when you start feeling better. I totally agree. Um, anything that we haven't covered in the seven types of rest that you'd like to hit on? I mean, I, I like that you just mentioned that this isn't this isn't a to do list, right? This this could be a framework that would be a jump off point for some experimentation, and mm-hmm. then feeling what what makes a difference for you and what feels good. Um, I think we hit them all. I I we we kind of. I guess kind of skimmed over the sensory rest. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's a huge one right now, just because most of us do have, have a love affair with our gadgets and spend a lot of time with them. But just uh, the number one thing I would probably say about sensory rest um, and sensory overload is I think many of us would really experience a lot more sensory rest just by getting some control over our notifications. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that most people have their notifications on their cell phones or their iPads excessively high compared to what is needed for them to do their work effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not necessary to get every single social media notification that comes through or even every email in real time as it's coming through. I find Mm -hmm. a lot of people do very well to do time blocking, specifically with emails and social media, Mm -hmm. so that you're not having kind of this ongoing sensory energy drain and the mental energy drain from dealing with those things. You're able to decide, I'm going to take a look at my email maybe in the morning and in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to look at it again until the next morning, <laughs> the next afternoon and get mm-hmm. some control over how you're regulating these things so that it doesn't feel like you're constantly having to have going on these kind of energy merry-go-rounds and roller coasters to keep up with every with all this stuff. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm the type of person that's like, it takes me a little bit of time to sort of get in the flow and find my rhythm. And if, if I have notifications on and things come in and people walking into the room and it's, I can go the whole day and never really feel like I got into the type of creative work that, uh, that, that, that I was looking to do. And, um, so I have to put my phone in airplane mode and unplug and, and carve out time to like, all right, I'm going to light a fire and sit in a chair and stare at the fire. And it, it may sound ridiculous, but like that sort of thing charges me up and, uh, and, and, you know, so it's, honoring what charges you up, experimenting with some of these uh, seven different types of rest. And you've created a pretty cool quiz that helps with this process. Yeah. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. 
Yes, it's at restquiz.com. It helps you identify which of the seven types of rest that you are most efficient in. And really, it comes from some of the the checklist that I have inside of my book, Sacred Rest. I found that as people read about each type of rest, the number one thing they wanted to know is, does this apply to me? Do I have signs and symptoms of a rest deficit in this area? Mm -hmm. And so in the book, I talk about if you experience this, then you may have this type of deficit. And, And, you know, most of us now, we prefer electronic over paper. So the quiz is the electronic version of that. I love it. Guys, if you resonated with Dr. Sandra, pick up her book, Sacred Rest, and uh, go to restquiz.com to figure out what type of rest or types you might benefit from, not need, but benefit from. And uh, Dr. Sandra, thank you. I've enjoyed our conversation. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. What's up, guys? Anthony here, and thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. One of my favorite things to do is helping men and women like you feel what it's like with the body you've always wanted and all-day energy that starts the moment you wake up and doesn't quit. Over the past decade, we've created a proprietary health assessment that helps me to identify the unique toxicities and deficiencies that may be holding you back from the life that you deserve. And what we've discovered in doing this with now thousands of CEOs, executives, professional athletes, businessmen, Hollywood celebrities, and entrepreneurs is that there's always room for improvement and optimization. Whether you're already performing at a high level or you have that feeling inside your heart that you're capable of more, the single fastest way to unlock your potential is to upgrade your mind and your body. And there's no program on earth that does that faster or to a greater magnitude than our one-on-one consulting program at www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. We start with our proprietary health assessment that screens you for vitamin deficiencies like A, D, magnesium, iron, etc., high cholesterol and heart disease, high blood pressure, digestive disorders, hidden infections like Lyme, Epstein-Barr, parasites, SIBO, candida, and more that can just drain your energy in the background, especially if you don't know about them. Anxiety, depression, and cognitive disorders, autoimmune disease, adrenal fatigue, thyroid issues, mold toxicity, heavy metals, environmental toxins, and other genetic risk factors like MTHFR, APOE status, your glutathione production, and many more. We even recommend the specific tests that I use with my one-on-one clients if they're relevant for you in figuring out your biological age and identifying those key areas and opportunities that can take your life to the next level. From there, we create a customized game plan along with a personalized supplement protocol to help you optimize your weight and energy at the cellular level. And for our platinum clients, we even include a personalized workshop with me in Delray Beach, Florida. Most of the year, this program's full with a waiting list, but we just had a couple spots open up and I wanted to offer them to the listeners of the Biohacking Secrets show first. So if you're interested in seeing what it might look like for us to work together, head over to www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. That's www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G and fill out the short application form. If you're pre-approved, you'll be given the opportunity to book a time to connect with someone on our team and see if it's a fit. Thank you so much for being a part of this community, and I look forward to potentially going on this journey together. 